Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. Conspiracy theorists of the world unite. He is refining his methods. He is evolving. There have been other times when a danger upon the world required the services of singular individuals. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Are you like a crazy person? I'm quite sure they will say so. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Dark Fringe Radio. And I'm gonna be high. Will Martinez here with you guys tonight. Thanks for joining in. And we got a good episode for you, the podcast tonight. But check out Iron Horse here for a second. I miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. And tonight we have Miss Dina Ray. Or Mrs. Dina Ray, I should say. Out in and she's an author. And we're going to be talking about her latest book, The Sequel, Volume 2. And uh, we're going to talk to her tonight about how she uh, basically um, brings in all these conspiracy theories and ties them into fiction. So, really cool stuff. Of course, don't forget our social media. And uh, you can always catch our newest episodes of the podcast on iTunes um, and also on SoundCloud. So on both of those avenues, you can check us out there. Um, On SoundCloud, for the Android users, um, check us out Dark Fringe Radio. Same thing for the iTunes users, Dark Fringe Radio on iTunes as well. So be sure to um, check that out. Give a five-star review on the iTunes uh, as a favor to me, please. And uh, that way I can continue to uh, bring you a high-quality podcast here for you guys every week. And also, um, Twitter, I always re- uh, remind you guys on Twitter, Dark Fringe Radio. Um, and then, of course, uh, the loneliest website in the world, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. Uh, you can go there for all our latest uh, stuff that we have going on there as well. So I also wanted to remind everyone, um, one of our past guests, Robert Sullivan, he's also an author. His book, this latest one, A Pack with the Devil, is still available on Amazon, and it's doing very well. And I wanted to give a big congratulations to Robert Sullivan for his his success on his book. You can catch all his information at robertsullivaniv.com. That's Robert Sullivan, the letters I and the letter V.com. So uh, you can uh, get directly linked to all his books and all his uh, latest works there. So, um, yeah, a lot of crazy stuff in the news. I just wanted to touch on a couple things um, that I just saw here recently. Just wanted to make a quick note of there was a teacher in, it looks like in Louisiana, that um, that had a little bit of a hard time, unfortunately, speaking up about, um, you know, asking questions to a school board uh, about, um, you know, the uh, maybe the pay increase for the superintendent. And um, 
basically she was arrested for just basically asking questions. So, you know, it's a it's a pretty sad situation that we have in this, you know, in this country where a person can't even question authority or a question um, a reasoning as to why certain funds were allocated um, for certain people when it should go to the children and obviously to to the um, to the teachers. Um, they're the ones that are definitely hurting, especially the teachers. Um, I am a big advocate of teachers and, you know, they're the uh, they have a very um, thankless job, unfortunately. You know, a lot of the uh, expenses come out of their own pocket. And, um, you know, I have uh, colleagues and friends of mine who, you know, are teachers and, you know, their significant others are teachers. And I see the struggle that, um, you know, they're, you know, they deal with on a daily basis. But let me take it to the story here in Louisiana with this uh, lady here uh, speaking up about the um, just questioning the allocation of funds uh, for the school district. Morning, guys. The video has sparked national outrage as the teacher was arrested, it seems, simply for speaking out and questioning the school superintendent's new pay raise. It was a head-turning moment at a regular school board meeting. He didn't know A Louisiana middle school teacher thrown out, handcuffed, and arrested. Earlier, Daisha Hargrave questioned the superintendent's $30,000 raise. I feel like it's a slap in the face to all the teachers, uh, cafeteria workers, and any other support staff we have. After a vote, she spoke again and was interrupted. How are you going to take that money? Because it's basically taking out of the pockets right. of teachers. Stop right now. How are you going the, to take... What's on the agenda is a superintendent's contract. With a raise. With a raise. With a raise. Then, a city marshal intervenes. Really? Excuse me. Is it against policy to say For his part, the school superintendent is defending his pay raise. My door is always open. Uh, I have met with many teachers, many parents, many administrators. There's a time and a place for everything. But there's uh, rules and protocols. But a school board member took offense to how it was handled. Why would they arrest her? She didn't disturb the meeting. She was not unruly. She didn't do anything that would warrant her being escorted out. We don't need backup of five feet tall. Outside the meeting, tense exchanges between Hargrave and the officer. Do you feel safer, officer, that I have handcuffs on? What do you think was going to happen? I gave you many directors to me. I was walking and asking you a question. Arrest records show Hargrave was booked Monday night on counts of resisting an officer and remaining on premises. But the city prosecutor says no charges will be filed. As a community is left up in arms over the treatment of a teacher. The ACLU of Louisiana and the state's Association of Educators has slammed Hargrove's expulsion from that board meeting and her subsequent arrest. Although the school board president, guys, defends the marshal's actions, says the teacher in that case was stepping outside the rules that they have inside these meetings and said that's why the marshal's there is to restore order. She seemed respectful and calm. It as, seems yeah. like it was a topic yeah. that was being discussed. It's, a, it's yeah. an interesting We one. haven't heard the last of this yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. we'll watch it, Willie. Thank you. Of course, they have to do the stop resisting line. Um, and this lady was doing nothing wrong. Uh, he basically, you know, had her to the floor handcuffed with her hands, but you know, behind her back. She was doing nothing wrong. She's no threat to this guy. This guy's probably easily six two, six three. Um, you know, well built guy. And uh, this lady is, you know, a typical, you know, soccer mom. So maybe five one, five two. 
you know, 140 pounds soaking wet, if that. So, uh, you know, again, this is what we were dealing with. So again, there you go with Louisiana, um, you know, high tensions there with, um, you know, people just asking questions, nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, this is the day and age that we live in and, um, you know, we have to deal with stuff like this. So, um, again, um, tonight we have Ms. Dina Ray on the line, uh, with us and she's going to be talking to us about her latest book, uh, the sequel volume two and, um, all of her information uh, for Ms. Dina Ray is available on Amazon and also on her website. Her website is Dina Ray. That's D-I-N-A-R-A-E, Write Stuff. That's W-R-I-T-E-S-T-U-F-F dot blogspot dot com. That's where you can check out all her latest blogs. Uh, she's always uh, posting, uh, you know, different, um, you know, takes on conspiracy theories, uh, always talking about New World Order, Illuminati, a lot of, you know, real cool, interesting uh, things, especially, you know, what we talk about here on our, our podcast. So, again, I hope that you guys enjoyed the interview with Ms. Dina Ray. And, again, if you have any questions or comments, um, please direct them to the dark fringe at gmail.com. That's the dark fringe at gmail.com. Again, that's the dark fringe at gmail.com. Again, I am your host, Will Martinez. And again, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Mrs. Dina Ray. Dark Fringe Radio listeners, our guest tonight is an author and has written seven novels so far, and she lives with her husband, two daughters, and two dogs outside of Dallas, and she's a Christian, a very avid tennis player, and a movie buff teacher, and self-proclaimed expert on several conspiracy theories. She's been interviewed on numerous times on blogs, newspapers, and syndicated radio programs. She enjoys reading about religion, UFOs, New World Order, government conspiracies, political intrigue, and other cultures. Uh, the sequel, Volume 2 of the bestseller series, is now available and released by Solstice Publishing. Please give a warm welcome to Dark Fringe Radio, Mrs. Dina Ray. Miss Dina Ray, thank you so much for coming on Dark Fringe Radio. All the pleasure's all mine. Thanks so much for having me. Well, wonderful. Listen, you know, I started looking into some of the stuff that you've been, you know, writing over the years and, you know, quite interesting stuff. I mean, all the kind of stuff that I love, you know, reading about and uh, actually doing research about and you know first off i wanted to say before anything else you're actually the first lady guest on our on our show here at dark fridge radio so i wanted to thank you for that number one awesome well, all right you know you've been you know certainly busy writing you know all your novels and you know where did this interest come from when it comes to like you know weaving in these conspiracy theories for these novels where did all this come from well uh, i am a, a teacher and uh, i teach english so I do read a lot of uh, other people's work, and I, I, I don't want to speak for every English teacher out there, but I think 
that English teachers all dream of becoming authors. <laughs> and I mentioned um, in the intro that you're a movie buff as well, which I am as well. So we have a lot in common so far. What kind of um, genre of movie is your favorite? Oh, definitely sci-fi. Uh, I, I've seen uh, four or five movies um, in the last week. And um, I, I, I think Star Wars is definitely... All of them were good, but uh, the new Star Wars uh, was great. Yeah, the new Star Wars was awesome. Actually, I did see that with my son, and um, this I was really impressed. I thought, you know, a lot of times things kind of fall flat on the second turn uh, when it comes to Mm -hmm. a release of films. And it it kind of overshadowed the first one in a lot of ways because it was done differently. Um, and, I, and I definitely enjoyed that. If you could, um, since you love sci-fi so much, what if you could give me what is your Mount Rushmore of sci-fi films that, for instance, you could just watch on any given day? Oh, gosh, that uh, is a really great question, a, a really hard question, too. There's uh, so many uh, great movies out there. Uh, I think, um, I, I guess, maybe sci-fi with a, a little bit of horror is uh, kind of my go-to. I'm a big fan of um, the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington. I, I really liked Angel Heart with Mickey Rourke. Um, you know, the Omen series. Uh, of course, all of the Star Wars. Uh, of course, um, I like the, you know, the fantasy stuff too. Uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, uh, Game of Thrones. Um, so I guess sci-fi slash horror slash fantasy all lumped together i I just love well let's start off with some of your work dina particularly to one of your first novels halo of the damned um it was an interesting take on some of um the conspiracy you know theories that you kind of put in there especially about the story about you know lucifer and god and how he was dispelled from heaven to earth and uh, it proceeds you know to describe how satan was forming an army of you know soul selling you know satan worshipers basically if you could, can you expound on that on that uh, that book a little bit for our listeners? Oh, absolutely. Um, Halo of the Damned and then uh, Halo of the Nephilim are about um, fallen angels. Which, um, in the in the nutshell, we learn from the Bible that uh, God didn't really have any competition back when He created everything, and um, His right hand man per se, is his favorite angel, uh, Lucifer. And Lucifer gets it in his head that he can take on God. But but this is where so many people go wrong. They think that he was alone in dreaming this um, takeover up. And he was by far alone. Um, two to three hundred legions, which I don't know how many angels are in a legion, uh, went to Lucifer's side. So there was a major war, at least according to several ancient scriptures in heaven. And as we know, God cast him out. And, um, and then in another uh, Bible book in Enoch, we've got this group of fallen angels. I don't know if they're the same angels or not. Some people think they are, some don't. But they're called the Watchers. And they were cast out of heaven as well, and they uh, they didn't go. They didn't have their own special place to live like uh, Lucifer, but they came down to Earth, and supposedly they mated with women. Supposedly they were male. Supposedly they had the equipment, and supposedly they mated with women, and they had these creatures called Nephilim. 
And um, this is, you know, this isn't just in the Bible. This is in uh, a lot of other, in uh, the Jewish scriptures and a lot of other scriptures as well. So, you know, again, uh, your alien advocates believe these stories. They twist them for the uh, alien, you know, agenda and claim that, you know, us common folks were watching this all go down and they were really aliens who came to this earth. So whichever you you want to interpret it as, and um, I mean, I, I don't know the difference between an angel and an alien because technically that's what an angel is, some a being that's not from this world. And um, my story takes up these, uh, it takes up one of these uh, fallen angels and he runs a advertising agency, which again, brings in the mind control used uh, in the advertising world. Um, Another part of the story, which at the time I found fascinating, I still find it fascinating, uh, upon doing a lot of research, I found this religion called the Yazidi religion, which you may have heard of. They've been on the news recently. Yeah, I've heard of them. They were um, this this group of uh, people that uh, Saddam Hussein wanted to commit genocide against. Well, we don't ever talk about in this country what the Yazidi religion even is. But if you look it up, they uh, believe in angels. It's a it's a actual religion, and they believe in angels. And their favorite angel is Lucifer. So again. Um, are they a devil worshiping group or are they a religion? Are there, where are they getting this idea that if they worship the angels, will the angels come to visit? There's all kinds of um, things about this re- religion that uh, is that are very weird. So um, the whole story talks about all of this stuff in an entertaining ma- manner and. Uh, I got a lot of great reviews out of it. Um, I got on the radio a lot, of, a lot, and um, you know, um, sold quite a few copies, and uh, it encouraged me to keep writing. Yeah, no, you, you obviously did very well when it came to that, and you know, it's it's interesting about the Yazidi. Um, that's something, like you said, that's not talked about here on the you know Western side of the world here. You know, when it comes to different religions, but it is quite interesting that. You know, when you're talking about that area and that uh, that you know geographic area of that world, you know a lot of the religion was born in that area, and so you have to kind of take into account you know something like this, you know, to have some type of influence even back then, you know, to now. So you know, it's it's quite interesting that you know you were to bring that up and uh, you know talk about that in this novel. But um, another thing that you did bring up was the Nephilim, and that's you know, like you said. That's something that's brought up in even Christian, you know, teachings, you know, in the Bible that even Christians believe. And uh, like you said, the Jewish people believe. Could you expand a little bit more on the Nephilim at all? Uh, absolutely. These Nephilim are, or technically uh, we would call them today, the these hybrids of uh, part human, part uh, uh, angel or alien, whichever way you're looking at it. Uh, had all kinds of superpowers. Uh, they were uh, typically had six digits on each hand. That is in both the Jewish and the Christian scriptures. 
Uh, they were very tall, um, like taller than basketball players, um, eight, nine feet. Uh, we get them sometimes mixed up with giants in the uh, famous story, David and Goliath. Goliath was an example of a Nephilim. And um, some people go as far as blaming the Nephilims for the great flood uh, in Noah's days. And um, I think one of the Bible verses says something like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly no expert here, but, but the gist of the Bible verse was um, when God talked to Noah, he said, you are of pure heart. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean you're you have a pure heart, or does that mean that you're a pure human race? Um, we're not really sure. And um, when he wiped out the world, some people wonder if he was trying to wipe out these monster nephilims. Things like this can be lost over translation of time. So you know anything like this could be possible. Another thing I wanted to bring up was that you know in that novel that um, that you wrote. You know, that one particular angel that you were talking about that ran that advertising company, I think it was Amaros or I think yes. that was, that's correct? Yes. Yes. So, you know, this particular, you know, fallen angel, you know, is just bringing in the droves of people. And could you expand on that on that part of the novel? I, I found that very fascinating because it reminded me of Constantine a lot of the ways on um, that movie. Oh, yeah. And oh, I love I love that one with. um uh, Keanu Reeves. Yes, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, another another great one. Um, I love De- Devil's Advocate too. Um, um, also, who's kind of similar. Uh, well, again, in the Bible, these angels, these fallen angels, came down, and this kind of meshes very well with uh, ancient alien theory. And I mean, think about it. We we started off as as cavemen. And, you know, the best that we could do was, you know, make a rock a little pointier and, you know, chisel stuff and, and that kind of thing. And then and then we went all the way to, you know, putting satellites in the sky and um, traveling to Mars and, and who knows what else we're capable of. So who clued us into this? How did how did we take off as a race? And um, a lot of people think that these fallen angels came down and shared a lot of God's secrets with mankind. And um, some of these angels uh, taught uh, man medicine, which makes a lot of sense. How would anybody know what plant to pick that would help this ailment or this? Who would even know to to, uh, pick a plant in the first place? Uh, They taught us weaponry. They um, taught us um, uh, language, uh, they, I mean, everything, everything that we know that, um, how to write things down, record things, um, everything that we supposedly know came from these fallen angels. And again, this was a big problem. This was not the timetable that God had planned for us when, uh, uh, when we were created. Another one of your more recent successes, of course, uh, that I wanted to jump into was the bestseller. And that's a story that follows the tribulations of a protagonist by the name of Maya Smock. And uh, could you elaborate on the story, please? Uh, absolutely. The bestseller and uh, then the sequel are um, two out of two 
uh, volumes of this the same story. And this is um, a little bit kind uh, with like with the the fallen angels mating with humans, except. I'm not looking at it from a biblical perspective. I'm flipping it over to the alien uh, perspective. And um, the story starts out with, um, it takes place in World War II. And, and as I'm, I'm sure you already know, and um, as I think more and more of us, are, as more and more history books are putting into the history books, that uh, after World War II, we and Russia took uh, a lot of these brilliant Germans. We kind of split them up. And um, uh, von Braun is probably the most famous. And we um, took these guys. They were exonerated from the Nuremberg trials. They were Some of them were given fake names if they were specifically famous in their field. Um, and we took them and we used them. And uh, we didn't really have that much of an air program until after World War II when we took all of these these German scientists who were brilliant and, um, you know, exonerated them from everything and had them work for us. Um, that was called Operation Paperclip. And uh, Russia also took their fair share. Well, in my story, my general finds a real monster uh, Nazi who is a brilliant in genetics and he takes that doctor back to the States with him under this operation paperclip. And, um, he doesn't know exactly what he wants to do with this doctor, but he knows that this guy's, you know, creating different species through genetics. And, uh, nobody at this point even knows what DNA is. DNA was, um, officially discovered in the 1950s, but um, some people knew about it decades prior. So he takes this this doctor, and at the same time, in 1947, we've got Roswell, and they give the doctor these aliens that were captured after the crash. And again, a lot of Roswell history is also brought into the book. And uh, this doctor brings in a couple more Nazis, and the three of them got their own underground lab cooked up, and they start creating hybrids, uh, part human, part baby, or part, I'm sorry, part alien, excuse me. And um, then the story will flip to modern day, and we've got this woman who uh, comes from an orphanage, She's um, she has no idea what race she even is. She's um, looks like she could be part black, part white, maybe Mexican. She doesn't really know. She doesn't really know anything about herself. And uh, all of a sudden she starts hearing these voices in her head and she works in a bookstore. So she gets this idea to write a novel and her novel isn't meant to be just for entertaining she doesn't even know it at the time but she's channeling aliens and she's encoding her novel and uh somebody else figures figures it out who in turn is another novelist because he's doing the same thing And, and then this both stories eventually connect and um it it 
again, it brings in, again, a lot with World War II, a lot with genetics. I'm not a science teacher, so I had to do a lot of research about the genetic aspect of the book, Uh, a lot with Hitler, a lot with um, his crazy occult ideas, his real society, uh, his uh, quest for um, the center of the earth. I mean, he... This man, um, we're learning more and more about Hitler, and his he wasn't just an evil character. He was, had a lot of crazy ideas that other people had before him. And uh, I've I been getting great reviews on him. A lot of people find it fascinating. So I, I, um, I hope at the very least uh, the reader's entertained and they learn something new. You know, getting into this book is so fascinating first off i mean when you brought in all these different aspects of all these conspiracy theories and i I mean that's just a person like me myself i love because it just brings all you know every corner of you know all my imaginations together talking about that you know you talk about all these different theories like you know nazi scientists human cloning you know genetic uh, modifications things like that which one of these theories do you think most people are unfamiliar with um, amongst all these different ones? Uh, I The world of genetic is about a hundred times more scarier than any, more scary, excuse me, than anyone has a clue about. Um, not to get on a soapbox, but uh, a little quick story. My, my mother gave me um, this uh, Ancestry.com. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. Uh and I, what am I supposed to do with this? Oh, well, you, you know, you, you swab your skin and you, you send it in and they tell you what nationality you are. And i like, well, yeah, well, they also have my DNA. Complete stranger has my DNA. Exactly. They, and she goes, well, what do you think? They're going to clone you? Well, maybe. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> and they could be whipping up us an organ for somebody. Or, or now they know my blood type. Now they know they know everything about me. Yeah. Uh, I, there's no HIPAA laws. There's no privacy laws. This, I, I, why would anybody volunteer to give a, a corporation their DNA? Yeah, I never and understood people, it. You know, I don't mean to be trashing on Ancestry.com. I don't know if there's anything nefarious going on, but but talk about being the most powerful person in the world. You've got every citizen's DNA at your fingertips. Yeah, (sighs) and not only that, I mean, they tell you that they can figure out your whole background. And I'm like, I mean, come on. It's hard hard for me to grasp that, you know? Even so, now, uh, I mean, you know, I'm just, I've got that paranoid type personality to begin with and um you know what if your liver now that it can find that out through your dna your liver matched some rich guy well and he's willing to pay for someone to knock you off so they could get your liver i i don't know my mind i realize my mind is going off a mile a minute no 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 but i'm right there with you it's like a a episode of black mirror you know what i mean Yeah, that's exactly you know I, I've been watching Black Mirror just as, you know as of recent and I mean just the crazy stuff that's on there is like you know what I can see how that could be possible you know there's there's crazy people in this world especially you know when it comes to I mean, people who have money you know and if they have the yeah. resources to do these things you know I mean you have right. no idea the the capabilities what money can do 
And and now you're now you just put this information in a database and a couple of clicks you find out who matches whom and uh, here we go and I I'm not that curious about my heritage to risk all of that I guess I'm not that old um, I plan on being here a bit longer and uh, I just I don't get it yeah. I I don't but peep and another thing not to uh, you know get off too off topic but another one of my favorite things that people are buying like no tomorrow uh, is, is this uh, speaker thing from uh, Amazon. What is it called? Alexa. Alexa. Yeah. Why would, why would you be inviting again, a corporation into your house to listen to everything you, that you say? Because people are so bored <laughs> and so, so um, I, don't, I think it's like they become so needing of an app. They become like app hungry. <laughs> in like app deficient that they need stuff like this to keep them going. Once they know of like something else that they can kind of peek into your, you know, private life, but kind of keep it separate in the same way, they allow it and they don't understand how much power they're giving somebody else. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating to me because I see it every day. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm, I'm going to give my DNA to somebody else for free. And let them do whatever they want with it. Are you crazy? That makes no sense. I mean, come on. Right. And, and I'm going to put a speaker in my in the center of my house that can hear everything I say, and uh, I can, so I can you know easily order new batteries or whatever the heck that I need to order from Amazon. I I know I don't get it either, but uh, it's it's kind of like that book 1984. That's where we're at right now. Uh, that George Orwell. You know, said Big Brother's going to be watching us all the time. Well, it sure looks like that's what's going on. You know, one of your most recent successes, of course, is the sequel, Volume 2, which um, recently it continues the uh, prior novel's protagonist, Maya, and it starts off with some time travel, which immediately um, one of my first episodes of the podcast here uh, was about Project Pegasus, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, which is... Um, a uh, very secretive kind of like um, black ops operation that the Department of Defense did back in the 60s and 70s, basically time traveling people back and forth. And you were able to kind of integrate this into your novel. Um, could you talk to my, you know my listeners about how you know that um, you know integrates into your novel? Was um, was that right around that same time with the Philadelphia experiment where the ship appeared, the ship disappeared and then it appeared somewhere else. Or is that, yeah, that's um, what around, you're talking about. Yeah. Around the same time. And then also they had a, uh, also another project where they were sending uh, young individuals to Mars as well through a, like a uh, jump project where they were able to teleport people from here on earth to Mars. Um, so that was actually one of our first episodes that we actually talked about, uh, that Project Pegasus, they were actually recruiting young people to do that. They were jumping um, back in time and, you know, getting information you know, to bring back here to, you know, for intelligence purposes, basically. Yeah, that so it's it's possible. We don't we are not quite sure, but it's it's possible. And I think uh, Einstein was the one who mathematically showed it was possible with um, I think it was his theory of revolution. Uh, relativity where the where time bends and we can go to these places through wormholes now um, i don't know if our body um breaks up into tiny little molecules and then goes back together once we get to our destination or i don't know if we we go in whole i I, i'm not really sure 
But one of the things that I found out the the most interesting is there's all these theories, all these paradoxes of what happens when you do time travel. I know we always watch these movies where we go back in time and the character uh, does something so that way their um, future is changed once they get back. Well, there's like a whole bunch of theories on that. There's, you know, closed loops. There's um, uh, there's even a paradox um, called the, the Hitler paradox. Like what if I went, in time, went back in time and, and killed Hitler? And, um, uh, it, you know, the whole thing just it gets more and more interesting and uh, it's kind of like that movie, a uh, butter, butter, butterfly effect. Did yeah. you ever see that one? Of course. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher, of course. Yeah. That, that was one of the paradoxes that even if we keep trying to change things to make our lives better, the result is always going to end up the same and, um, sometimes even worse. And, um, I don't know. I find the whole thing mind blowing. Yeah, it certainly is. And that was one of the um, novels that really piqued my attention. And then, you you know, you brought it, you know, in with the sequel volume two, which was just crazy. You know, it hurt, you know, doing the time traveling thing. There were so many different um, conspiracy theories that you brought into the that aspect of the novel. Um, what else as far as conspiracy theories can you my uh, listeners can expect on that in this more recent novel that you put out? Well, one of my favorite conspiracy theories in the book it is Hitler in the Vril Society, which um, I don't know if, if you or your listeners are familiar with, but the Vril Society was ran by this woman named Maria Orsic. And uh, she and she had a, a bunch of other ladies who, who supposedly could channel aliens and they had, uh, they were all beautiful beautiful uh, young women who had super long hair. They tried to grow it as long as they could because they believed that their hair strands somehow (laughs) worked as a a wire uh, to help wire in information. And supposedly she would break into different languages when she was under the, um, the spell of, uh, you know, relaying a message from an alien and, This woman wasn't educated, yet she, you know, would utter something in Babylonian or she would utter something in Aramaic. And and there was no way she could have known any of these languages because they all made sense. And um, on a side note, again, I I cannot stress enough that the Nazis and Hitler should have won World War II. They had the best weaponry uh, this world has ever seen. Now, where were they getting it? Now, um, I, I mean, Hitler claimed that they were just so brilliant. They were the master race, and then they were, you know, just, just so brilliant with their blonde hair and blue eyes. But again, what I propose in both of the books is he just wasn't getting it because of their heritage. He was getting it from aliens. And um, there's a lot of evidence to point out through these occult societies that he belonged to that, that, that is exactly where they're getting it. Uh, he had, he had weapons. Uh, you're talking about time travel. He had this one weapon that we've never even seen, but we've seen plans for it. We've um, seen it was in on the border of Germany and Poland. They call it D clock. And uh, there's this 
big, huge round thing that was meant to uh, harness it in so it didn't fly away. And I think that ties in with what you're talking about with time travel. Nobody really knows what the weapon was for. It wasn't um, completely developed, but a lot of people died trying to find out what it was. And um, uh, again, this this real group, these girls, were they channeling aliens? I don't know. But the weapons that he had certainly suggested something was going on. Um, after the war, this Maria Orsic, she and Oliver Ladies completely disappeared. No one knows what happened to them. Um, they were nowhere to be found. And some people say she got on that D-Glock or some other kind of vessel and traveled to another planet. Now... <laughs> I don't know, This all this sounds super far-fetched, I'll admit that, but these are the, the things that Hitler was interested in. And was he crazy? Yeah, probably. But was he onto something? Yeah, probably. So. Yeah, he was definitely onto uh, something. Not only that, he was super successful in, you know, how yeah. far he got. You know, he got very far. I mean... A lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize how close he got to just being the supreme ruler of the world. I mean, he was just basically one step away from that. And um, to be able to do that from nothing, you know, that that definitely mm-hmm. takes a lot. So, Dina, could you tell me any new projects that you might have in the horizon? I know you just had this, you know, volume, the sequel volume to come out. Um, do you have anything else maybe, you know, waiting in the horizon that you're maybe, uh, you know, fumbling around with or, uh, you know, thinking about coming out with? Uh, absolutely. I am. Um in the middle of a novel right now and it's a futuristic novel and um, I'm bringing in all of the, you know, cool things that I think we'll have uh, 20, 30, maybe 40 years from now uh, into the novel. And uh, I, I believe that the UN is going to make a move and we're going to, you know, have a, a world set up like a new world order type of, um, thing. And, um, I believe that private property is, um, going away. I'm, um, I see more and more people losing everything that they have because, you know, grandma's got to go in a nursing home and whoops, there goes, you know, a hundred grand a year. And and there goes, you know, life savings and, um, all that kind of stuff is rolled, rolled into my uh, new futuristic novel. But, um, another thing that I, a uh, project that I've been waiting on for a while, I, I wrote a nonfiction book called Big Pharma, Big Agra, Big Conspiracy. And um, I wrote it after uh, the National or um, the uh, Affordable Health Care Act went into effect. Yep, absolutely. And I've been kind of waiting to see what Trump does with health care. And um, so far, I'm still waiting. So, um, you know, there'll be a follow-up to that one as soon as I got uh, some more information to go on. Yeah, no, that's great. I think I'll, I definitely want to bring you back on for something like that. Uh, that's something we've not talked about on our podcast, but um, something that is a big interest to me. Uh, that's something I definitely would love to talk to you know you about in the future and have you back on you know once you uh, get ready to release that book. Yeah, it, definitely. And uh, I, I'm, it's a real money grab. It's a real money grab. This whole healthcare industry is, um, 
you know, they're not shy about what they charge, that's for sure. And I don't know how they're getting away with it. No, it's a, it's very, you know, intriguing to me. And I just, I look at it and I'm like, I don't even know how to wrap my mind around it. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to have you back on for that. But um, it, could you um, also tell our listeners, you know, could you uh, tell them where they can find more of your information, uh, more of your current pieces of uh, work and anything else that's upcoming? Uh, absolutely. Uh I have a blog, which I also use as my website. It's called Dina Ray's Write Stuff blogspot.com. And that's D I N A R A E S W R I T E and then stuff. And um, I post interviews, I post um, other authors' book promotions, I post reviews on books and movies. And I post conspiracy thoughts, um, and um, you know, I, it, it's pretty open. And I've even had guest uh, bloggers on who um, have uh, want to a uh, forum where they can talk about conspiracy or something they think is going on that's not fair. Uh, you can always find me. I'm all over the place, but um, you can always find me on Amazon. Dina D I N A, and that's Ray R A E. I have an Amazon page. All my stuff's up on Amazon, the paperbacks, the um, e-copies, all of it. Uh, I I love Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, at Halo of the Damned, no spaces. That was, uh, you know, I've kept my Twitter handle. I haven't changed it. Um, And uh, I'm on Pinterest. Um, I have a Facebook page called Dina Ray Books. About the only online presence that I don't have is I I don't do Snapchat and I don't do Instagram. I I just, you know, you can only manage so many accounts. Yeah, it gets over, you know, (laughs) overwhelming over, you know, over time. It's just so many accounts, you know. Right, and then you start forgetting your password, and you know, you know. Listen, I have a memo with all my passwords and all my accounts, so that's shows you how old I am. So just to let you know. So listen, Dina, thank you so much. I I do appreciate you know coming on the uh, podcast, and I want you uh, to uh, you know come back on in the future to talk about your next book and um, you know Big Pharma, Big Agra. And, uh, you know, to talk about that, it's something that's very, you know, near and dear to my heart. So please, when you're ready to talk about that, I'd love to have you back on and promote uh, anything that you have coming on in the future. Okay. Thank you so much. You're a fabulous host. Dark Fringe Radio is an amazing station. And uh, thank you so much for uh, having me on as your guest. Uh, Thank you so much, Gina. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Again, um, all my listeners, um, definitely check out, you know, Ray. Uh, and uh, you can find her on Twitter, uh, everywhere. You can find her everywhere. She's everywhere except for Snapchat and uh, and some of the other stuff. But, I mean, she's available. <laughs> she's there. Find her stuff. The most recent thing is, of course, her latest publication, uh, the uh, sequel, uh, of course. And I, I definitely recommend it. I was reading into this book. I, you guys definitely have to check this out. Especially if you're a conspiracy theorist like me, it, it ties in everything that you could imagine. It's kind of like the Star Wars of conspiracy theorists. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> that, now you're making me blush. Ah, thank you so much. Well, that's, hey, listen, you're the first female guest, so good. So that's what I'm, I'm here to do. Uh, Dina Ray, thank you so much for coming on Dark Fringe Radio, and um, I hope you have a great night. Thank you so much, Dina. Thank you. Thank you.